Buddhists cry. We mourn the disappearance of those we love, the passing of situations and events we have enjoyed, the misfortunes of friends and family members. As does everyone else, we have desires and aversions and joys. There are people, places, and things we are attracted to and others we intuitively dislike. Our concerns include money and health, the passage of time and the uncertainties that lie before us. And at some point on this exquisite path, as we more clearly understand and share in the worldly anxieties, stresses, and painful experiences of others, crying often occurs. Many people look upon crying as an indication of self-pity or weakness, a loss of self-control, or an indication of some sort of emotional disorder or infirmity. And in truth, perhaps for some this is the case. But for those on the Buddhist path, tears often emerge for reasons quite different, signaling a profound opening to a richer embrace of our range of experience. As such, crying can be a wonderful moment, the physical effect of a quantum spiritual step akin to breaking out of the shell of self-cherishing and preparing to fly. Our teachings explain the sentient mind is susceptible to any of 84,000 afflictive emotions, emotions that hinder, upset, distract, and confuse. Upon arising, they bring about acutely self-centered perspectives and intentions, thereby leading to unwholesome actions and activities, retarding our progress on the spiritual path. Zygar Kontrol Rinpoche suggests we aspire to give birth to the heart of sadness, the stress-alleviating understanding that everything in our life is in constant motion, dreamlike, changing all of this right up until our death and then like with a sleep dream we wake up and the dream of our life is over besides providing an easing balm for our confused mental activity cultivating the heart of sadness serves as an empowering motivation realizing that in every moment we are one breath closer to our final exhalation we begin to shift our focus away from everyday things of chatter and toward a strengthening, a determined attitude to practice and engage in the Dharma. In concert with this, Zangsar Jamyang Kyense writes of a little wisdom bell ringing in the back of our head to remind us of our inevitabilities. I have a friend who likes to remind me that I practice Buddhism. When I speak of difficulties or things about which I felt anger or had some small-minded reactions to, he frequently says in one way or another, but hey, I thought you're a Buddhist, you know, above and beyond all that stuff. And then he'll chant along, Om, just for laughs. It's a playful jab in the ribs, not meant to hurt, but to tickle said in a way that reflects his notions that the Dharma isn't really all that practical, is perhaps often useless in everyday life. Naively felt good kumbaya is little more than a dilettante's self-con game. Through diligence and hard work, 
And believe me, there is no kumbaya in karma. Perhaps one day I, or whoever I will be manifesting as, will indeed be above and beyond the everyday confusions and able to act with clear wisdom and compassion in negotiating whatever stuff crosses my path. And while that day of victory has yet to dawn, here's where I often find myself. And perhaps this will ring true with some of you as well. I truly love the Tibetan Buddhist Dharma and find great joy in sharing it with others. While for many years it has made perfect sense to me, I still have not been satisfied with the depth of my understanding of it or in the purity of my engagement with it. There is still much work to do. I have watched our lineage teachings and practices awaken people and change their lives, enriching their mind, speech, and body in ways both subtle and dramatic. I have seen people's eyes twinkle as they begin to understand not only what bodhicitta truly is, but how it abides deeply in their own mind. It is a beautiful path, ancient and transformative, empowering and fun. And with it, as wonderful as it is, we still cry. Oh, do we ever cry. While many see Buddhism as a practice of stoic individualism, of retreating into an inner peace cultivated by shunning and withdrawal, the Mahayana path is experientially quite the opposite. As our mind opens, narrowly mundane notions of separate self fall away, and we begin to experience the equanimity or sameness in which all beings occur and abide and the interdependence we share in. With this comes a sense of responsibility, not just to ourselves or our loved ones, but much more far-reaching for the well-being of all beings, near and distant, human and non-human. This responsibility becomes an enduring perspective, part of the lens through which we see. When we are with others, Awareness of their confusion manifests and their dukkha or suffering becomes clear to us. But unlike in the past when we would instinctively lose patience, growing frustrated and or angry, on our part there is no longer judgment or pity, no arrogance or fear. We see it all clearly. Their confusion is not their confusion, but is our confusion or simply the confusion we all share in. From the confusion they experience comes pain and anxiety, discontent and fear, anger, aversions, often summarized as what we call suffering. This suffering, the suffering, hurts and we cry. Sometimes we cry on the outside, our eyes filling with tears, but the crying of which I'm speaking here occurs inside, in that aspect of mind we refer to as heart. And the Buddhist heart cries not tears of weakness, but of understanding and strength, tears of compassion. As Buddhist practitioners, all of our teachings and practices, meditations and mind trainings matter not if we haven't cultivated intuitive compassion.
in the aliveness of our moments through our tears of compassion for whoever we are with, we do what we do, motivated, energized, diligent, and in ways skillful and kind. We do so intuitively to the best of our ability, compassionately empowered and mindful of the limitless emptiness of all that is. Observe, experience, understand, cry. Hear the ting, ting, ting of Zangsar's beautiful little bell and act. This recording, titled Buddhists Cry Too, was written by Mark Winwood. Mark, that's me, is the founder of the Chenrizik Project, a Colorado-based Tibetan Buddhist study and practice group with an increasing online presence. You can learn more about the Chenrizik Project at our website, www.chenrizikproject.org. That's C-H-E-N-R-E-Z-I-G project.org or by sending an email to me at info at Our accompanying music titled Fabiana was composed and performed by the San Francisco Bay Area musician Bobby Vega and appears on his 2017 album Matters of the Heart. Bobby's musical feel is legendary, and with the songs on this album, including Fabiana, he shares how transitions and melody can beautifully and subtly express a range of feelings. You can learn more about Bobby and his music at his website, www.bobbyvega.com, that's B-O-B-B-Y-V-E-G-A.com, or, as he's very findable online, you can simply Google his name or look for his numerous videos on YouTube. As always, we remain grateful to Bobby for his friendship, his talents, and his generosity in sharing his music with us in these broadcasts. Please feel free to share the link to this with those you feel it might resonate. Thank you for listening. Thank you.